Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. We're going to talk about the secret place tonight. And some of you have heard part of this on a Monday night teaching so it'll be a little refresher course for you. The prayer leaders asked me to, to, to teach on this again, but um, I added some things, so those of you that have heard it, you'll get something new too. <laughs> I don't begin to know all that there is about the secret place or about prayer. There are many, many others who know far more than I do. But I can share with you what I've learned over the years. And what I've learned is what the Holy Spirit has taught me. And that's the key. He is the teacher. And when you go into the secret place, if you ask him, he will teach you. So there's no big formulas or rules or anything like that. We're just here to help each other on this journey. So we're going to start, well, in a minute we're going to start there. (laughs) Let me talk a little bit about the secret place. The secret place is where we seek and search for God. It's where we meet with him. It's where we worship and adore him. We sit with him. We pray. We listen. And we learn from the Holy Spirit. It's where the deepest longings of our spirit man can be filled with his love. It's where we give him our undivided attention. That's what the secret place is about. It's just you and him. And he, in turn, lavishes his love and his divine influence upon our hearts. The secret place is between just each one of us and Father. And he said that he would meet us there if we would come. And he will show up if you come. The more we draw closer to him, the more he reveals his beauty and his love and his golden glory to us. And he opens up the treasures of the scriptures. We often sing songs that say, I want more of you, I want more of you. Sometimes we ask people to pray that I want more, I want more. But if we truly want more of God, we truly want more of our lover, Jesus, we have to go after him. We have to run together with him. Seek and search. Go to the secret place and commune with him. And again, he will meet you there. And he will pour out into each one of us deeper things. So I want to take us to Song of Solomon first. And it's on your first page of your paper. This is um, Song of Solomon chapter 4, verse 11 through 15. Last week, Justin taught us about being priests to God and about the garden. And, of course, 
Man was driven out of the garden because of sin. But Jesus came to restore and to redeem. So where is the garden? We are the garden. We are the garden. A garden filled with the fragrance of Jesus. Jesus dwells in us. And once again, he gets to enjoy the perfume of his garden. This is the passion translation that you have. And this is the bridegroom Jesus speaking to the bride, the church. This is to us. Your loving words are like the honeycomb to me. Your tongue releases milk and honey. The fragrance of your worshiping love surrounds you with scented robes of white. Our words, our worship, our time with Jesus is so sweet to him, so special to him, that he says it's like a honeycomb. And there's a fragrance that goes up to him when we worship him and love him. And then he says, my darling bride, my private paradise, fastened to my heart. We're fastened to his heart. A secret spring are you that no one else can have. My bubbling fountain, hidden from public view. That's the secret place. What a perfect partner to me now that I have you. Your inward life is now sprouting and bring forth fruit. What a beautiful paradise unfolds within you. So as we come into the secret place and we commune with him and we worship him and we express our love to him, he's forming within us fruit and fragrance. When I am near, I smell aromas of the finest spice for many clusters of my exquisite fruit now grow within your inner garden. He's filling us with his fruit and his fragrance and his perfume. Here are the nine. So he lists the fruits and the perfumes, the fragrances that he is filling each one of us up with. Pomegranates of passion. That's taken from the word meaning exalted. Fragrance of exalted. Henna from heaven. Ransom price or redemption. We are ransomed. We are redeemed. And there's a fragrance to Jesus that he fills us up with that. Spikenard, so sweet. And that's the light. Walking in the light as he is in the light. Saffron shining, the lover's perfume. Fragrant calamus from the cross, purchased or redeemed. Sacred cinnamon, a fragrance of holiness to the Lord. Scriptures tell us we're to be holy as he is holy. And so he puts a fragrance. There's a fragrance of holiness to the Lord when we come to him, when we're living in holiness and when we worship him in holiness. Branches of scented woods, that's the incense that was burned on the altar of the holy place 
and it was a fragrance that was pleasing to God. And our fragrance of Jesus in us is pleasing to God. Myrrh, like tears from a tree, that's the resin spice that comes out when they cut a tree, and it's the suffering love of Christ dripping down from Calvary's tree. Aloe, as eagles ascending, that's the healing balm that we've all received, the healing balm. And like eagles now, we are free from our past. He's healed us from our past. He's healed us from past memories, past abuse, whatever, past sin, healed. And then he says, your love flows into mine, pure as a garden spring. A well of living water springs up from within you like a mountain brook flowing into my heart. Our time in the secret place, we become a garden. He dwells within us and he fills us with his fragrance. And it's like a well of living water springing up, flowing into his heart. Now, these passages that we just read, this is not a girly, silly, romantic thing. This is Bible. This is Bible. And Jesus is telling us how much he loves us. And he's telling us how much we mean to him. And when we go into the secret place, it's only in the secret place as we become his garden that we truly find out who we are in Christ Jesus. And we find out how he sees us. He sees us as a garden. He sees us filled with his perfume of ransomed and redeemed and full of light and carrying his suffering love. And wherever we go, that fragrance is within us and should be released. He dwells within us and he fills us and we are his. The more we go into the secret place, the more we worship him, the more we come into communion with Jesus, we begin to find out who we really are. We begin to see ourselves like he sees us. And there's power in that. You want the power of God? Go to the secret place and begin to sit at his feet and let him fill you. That's where the power is. That's where prayer is birthed in us. That's where true worship is birthed within us. And when we go and we sit at his feet and we let his fragrance fill us and we begin to understand who we truly are in Christ Jesus and how he sees us and how much he loves us, we realize then we don't have to start screaming and yelling and spitting and hollering at the devil. And we don't have to shout our prayers at God to try to get him to hear because he dwells inside of us and his fragrance is within us. And that's where the power is. And we just follow his Holy Spirit in prayer and in worship.
This garden relationship is the starting point of all things in our Christian life. The purpose of the secret place is to go deeper and deeper in our relationship with Jesus. There's no end to the depth. We just keep going and we just keep going into those deeper longings that he desires for us to receive. We are a beautiful dwelling place for Jesus. And when we really grasp that, we walk around in that all day long. All day long. And his fragrance is in us. Okay, the secret place. We're all familiar with Matthew 6, 6. I think it's on page 3 of your papers there. Matthew 6, 6. But you... When you pray, go into your closet, the most private room, your inner room, your innermost chamber, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When we look at this verse, we have to go back to the verses before verse 6. And we, because we want to stay in context, we want to see what he's talking about. I do have those verses on page two. Sorry, you have to shuffle around a little bit there. Um, but I'm not going to read them. But the verses before verse six, we find that Jesus is talking about our private walk with Father. And he says, don't make all your good needs known to mankind. Don't parade him all around and show everybody all your righteousness and your good deeds. And he says, don't make a show of giving alms or to charity. And don't make your prayers a big performance or for attention. These are secret things that we share with Father. And they're not for public display. So that tells me that they are very precious to Father. So in that context, Jesus is telling us to come into the quiet, secluded place to spend time with him and to pray. Father will meet with us and that this is a precious secret time just between us and the Lord. So Jesus is giving us a location for our intimate time with him. Jesus often slipped away to pray in the mountains. He said he prayed in the wilderness. He went to a lonely place. If he needed times of quiet communion with Father, how much do we need it? A secret place is priority in our walk with the Lord. He desires us to come. And he wants one-on-one -on -one with each one of us. He wants us to come, and he wants to commune with us. Can you imagine that? The God who created everything, the God of this universe, wants to just visit with you alone in the secret place. He desires 
and waits for us to come. On page two, I have another scripture there of Song of Solomon. Chapter two. Again, this is Jesus talking to us, and he says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. He calls us to come away. He calls us to come to the secret place. He's waiting for us to come. He's longing for us to come. My beloved shepherd said to me, O my dove, in the seclusion of the cleft of the rock, in the sheltered and secret place of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. He wants to hear our voice. He wants to see our face and meet with us. That's his desire. That's his heart's desire for each one of us. Deuteronomy 10.20 says, You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. That word cling in the Hebrew has various meanings of holding fast and hanging on. But it's actually an expression of love. It's an embrace. It's a hug. So we could read this verse. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hug him. We are to hug God. And that, in a nutshell, is what the secret place is about, hugging Father. And let me tell you, he loves it. He really does. So we go into the secret place. What do we do in there? It's too easy to just sit down, maybe in the morning before you go to work, have your devotions, read through a couple chapters, run through your prayer list, and out the door. And never really included Father. We have to be intentional to encounter the Lord. We have to be intentional to meet with Jesus. When I come into my prayer room in the morning, I greet the Lord. That's the first thing I do when I sit down. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then I just rest for a few minutes. No need to rush. Just breathe him in. I just welcome you today, Father. Just come and be with me. I just want to bless you. I thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for me. I just welcome you. We acknowledge him and he will come. We all like to be acknowledged. When we walk into a room, we like to be acknowledged. Acknowledge him and his presence just rushes in. Seeking God is a simple, peaceful process. You just quiet your soul, quiet your mind, 
and just turn your heart towards him and then just breathe him in. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So when you go to the secret place and you sit down, always, always acknowledge him, welcome him, greet him. Before we start asking for things or reading through our Bible, bless you. Just love on him a little bit. Just take time. Then I asked the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher? What are we going to do today? Many years ago, I saw in John 14 where Jesus said that he would ask Father to send Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit would be with us forever. Forever, forever. And then he said that he will teach us in all things, that he's the spirit of truth, and he will be our helper. When I saw that word forever, Holy Spirit will be with me forever, I thought, I want to get in tight with this guy. Because he's going to escort me to heaven. It's the way I figure it, if he's going to be with me forever, and he's my teacher, when I began acknowledging the Holy Spirit when I'm in a secret place and I ask him to teach me, marvelous things began to happen. So I ask him to teach me, lead me, fill me with understanding. I ask the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go in the Bible today? What's on the Father's heart? What do you want to show me in the scriptures? And then we start in. He may have me start just reading some chapters, but he enlightens me along the way. We just stop and we talk over different verses, and he speaks things. Or sometimes he'll just start with one verse, and then he takes me on all these rabbit trails, from one verse to another to another to another, where they're all connected, and just starts teaching. He just opens the word up. That's his job. That's what he does. It's so much different than when you're just trying to read it on your own. I've, I've tried that. <laughs> it's not very exciting. <laughs> but when he's sitting there with you, teaching you, it's amazing the things that you see in the scriptures that you never saw before or that you get a deeper understanding of. <laughs> And sometimes he just will, like, speak a word to me. Like, maybe he wants to talk about the Father drawing our heart. Or maybe he wants to talk about abiding or maybe holiness. And so we just start in on that. And he just starts taking me through the scriptures and teaching me. And then whatever he has taught me, I, then I pray about that. I sit there and pray about that because I want to get it down in my spirit. But that takes us to journaling. And I know I've had a lot of people tell me how they don't like to write. Well, guess what? <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a love for writing. That might work. 
And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what do you put in your journals? Everything that the Holy Spirit just taught me. I put in all the scriptures that we that he showed me. I put down everything that he taught me, everything that he talked to me about. <clears throat> Sometimes I even put my prayers in there. And I always date it. And then, if I remember, I try to remember, I go back to the scriptures in my Bible, and beside the scriptures, I write the date in my, of the journal. So then, maybe months later, I'm reading along, and I see that date. I can go back to my journal, and I can see what the Holy Spirit taught me about that verse. It's really, really important to journal everything because these are the words of Jesus. This is, the, this is the word of God, and he is speaking it to us, and he's teaching it to us, and it's special, and it's a treasure, and it's precious. I journal because Psalm 139, 17 says, How precious also are thy thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. When he shares something, we don't want to lose it. We don't want to just for the moment say, oh, that was good, and then we don't remember it the next day. Because whatever he has, he wants, he wants us to remember it. When I begin to pray, I do the same thing. I acknowledge Holy Spirit again. Lead me in my prayers. Teach me. Reveal what's on the Father's heart. Maybe you, you know, a lot of times I got this whole prayer list, but maybe that's not what the Father's into that morning. We're going to be about our Father's business and what He wants to pray. Yes, amen. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer, and He's the prayer leader. He hears God, and we need to learn to listen to Him. You know that scripture in Romans 8 where it says, we really don't know how to pray? Yeah. Well, you know, I think sometimes we just like those little heads that bob. Yeah, yeah, I know. We really need to believe that we don't know how to pray. We need the Holy Spirit because he's in touch with God's heart at any moment, and he knows how to pray, what we need to pray. So I just start praying. Start praying in the Spirit. And then you want to listen. Don't be thinking about that hamburger that you're going to go get when you leave them. <laughs> or that bag of potato chips in there that's calling you. <clears throat> be praying. As you pray in the Spirit, we want to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. And now this takes some training. This takes some discipline. But you want to continue listening to the Holy Spirit while you're praying in tongues. And I know sometimes we get to rattling off in tongues, and it's so easy to just let our mind wander. But we want to stay in tune with Holy Spirit because he's going to start telling us what to pray. As we're praying in the Spirit, yes, we're praying things in the Spirit. But then pretty soon, maybe a scripture starts to rise up within you. And he wants you to speak that prayer, that scripture out over whatever the situation is that you're praying about. So you keep praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And then maybe you just hear something. Maybe you hear a few words. Or maybe you see something. And he just wants you to speak that out over what you're praying. We want to pray his way and his will, not our way, not our will. 
you know, we all have our own ideas to how we think God should take care of the particular situation that we're praying about. But that's not what we want to do. <laughs> we want to find out how the Holy Spirit wants to take care of that particular situation. And I know, you know, we've all prayed. We've all prayed our own stuff, how we think God should handle things. But we want to really work harder at not doing that. We want to stay in tune, in touch with the Holy Spirit and listen to him. Get ears to hear what the Spirit's saying and pray out this, what he tells us to pray. Sometimes I think the best prayer we could just pray is, Father, over this situation, help. <laughs> help. Just help. You don't need my ideas. You don't need what I think about. It. Just come and help. Just intervene. This situation isn't right. Just help. <clears throat> but I really think the most perfect prayer that we can pray is in Psalm 139, 24. Lead us in the way everlasting. Lead us in the way everlasting. Sometimes if you're praying about praying for someone and they're just in a tough situation, Father, just lead them in the way everlasting. But we want to pray spirit-led prayers, not self-led prayers. And we pray blessings, not curses. We're called to pray blessings. And I think that's very exciting. We are called to pray blessings. Matthew 5 says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Romans 12 says, bless and do not curse them. They're not in your papers. I didn't, I didn't put all those scriptures in there. I know, I'm throwing a bunch of scriptures at you. Luke 6, bless those who curse you. Pray, pray for those who mistreat you. Ephesians 6, pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Do you know that we have unlimited power to bless people. Wow. Think about that. Think about that for a minute. We have unlimited power to bless people. Yeah, I mean, I think just, I think that I'm like, all right, let me at them. <laughs> We also have unlimited power to bless God. Okay, blessing. That's one of those words, you know, it's floating out there and we use it a lot and we think, oh, I think I know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. So I looked it up in the concordance and this is exactly what the concordance said. When we bless God is adoration. Yes, I you'd like that. Bless people, and it's the benefits. So when we say, bless the Lord, we are entering into a place of absolute adoration, awe, worship, praise, thanksgiving, gratefulness, a releasing of our love and our devotion to him, releasing back to him the fragrance of his beloved son, Jesus. Bless the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless you. And that's what we're doing. Oh, I love it. Okay.
And then when we pray blessings over people, we're praying the benefits of knowing Father. And we can bless people. We can do that over the saved and the unsaved. Saved, so they'll, we'll all just keep drawing closer and closer to Jesus. And the unsaved, so that they will come into the kingdom of God. We pray spiritual. So what are these blessings that we're praying, these spiritual blessings that we're praying? The list is huge. We pray salvation, righteousness, mercy, forgiveness, joy, strength, renewal, revival, restoration, peace, wisdom, knowledge, his loving kindness, repentance. Those are all benefits of the Lord. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Those are blessings. And he allows us to partake of his divine nature. Those are blessings. So we pray love prayers, not hate. We pray blessings, not destruction. Amen. Okay. There's a place in the prayer room that we can minister to the Lord by ministering his word back to him. Last week, Justin did an awesome teaching on that we are priests. That was really good, wasn't it? And we need to see ourselves as priests. And the number one thing that we are to do, first and foremost, is to minister to God. The Bible is our prayer book. And a lot of times, you know, we just, we start reading and we just keep on going and we just read chapter after chapter and we never stop. But if we would just slow down and just take a verse at a time, we'll find that there are so many verses where we can bless the Lord. We can take that verse and we can minister it back to him. We also, sometimes that same verse, we can pray over the entire body of Christ. We can take that verse and turn it into a prayer and pray it over the whole body of Christ and over the spiritual leaders. We can take that same verse and pray over America or Israel and over all of those who are in authority. And we can take that same verse and we can pray it over ourselves and over our family and over people that we know that have asked for prayer. So we're going to take a look at how we do that. <clears throat> you have somewhere in there, <laughs> you have Ephesians. Yeah, page four. Okay. Okay, this, I usually use Ephesians when I teach this. I was going to do a different one, but I just love Ephesians. So we're going to do Ephesians. All right, so we take the word and we're going to bless the Lord and we're going to bless people. And I'm just going to demonstrate. I'm just going to take the scriptures and I'm just going to start ministering to the Lord. So you can just close your eyes if you want and just, just listen. And the first time that I do it, I'm going to minister the scriptures to the Lord. 
And then I'm going to go on and I'm going to take that same scripture and do it over the body of Christ, over America, and then over you all. So just see how easy it is. Okay, so, you know, we're in our, we're in our secret place and we just ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, well, what, what do you want to do today? And he says, well, we're going to start to read in Ephesians. Okay. So we open up to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, and we just begin to read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we're honest, we just keep on jugging along. Because Paul opens almost all of his letters with that. Grace to you, peace to you. Look at it. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a gift and a blessing from the Father to us. Grace and peace. All right, so we're going to stop here. Just going to close our eyes. Father, we thank you for this precious gift of grace that you have poured out on us. You are a loving and kind and gracious God, and we thank you for the grace. You have given, granted us grace to restore us. You've granted us grace to come into your throne room. Your grace is divine influence upon our hearts. Oh, we thank you and we worship you that you pour out grace. You never hold it back, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that we can come to you and receive your grace when we need forgiveness. We thank you for the endless love that cascades over us through your grace. Jesus, we thank you for the peace that you said you gave to us. You gave us a peace that passes all understanding. That in these days that we're living in, that are perilous and dark and confusing, you gave us peace. We thank you. You're the Prince of Peace. We thank you that you have given us rest and peace and quietness. You've brought us into harmony with you in your peace. And we thank you. We thank you for grace and peace. And we bless you for giving us the gift of grace and peace. Father, we pray over the whole body of Christ. We pray over all of your saints. We ask you to just pour out your grace. Pour out your divine influence upon all of your people. Strengthen your people with your influence, with your grace, with your love. Pour out your grace upon our spiritual leaders. 
that your people would be at rest and at peace, that they would carry your peace around within them, that the world would see that they're not, we are not in a turmoil, we are not in fear, that we're walking in your peace, Jesus. Father, we pray for America. We know that we as a nation have sinned against you and you alone. Our heart grieves over the sin of our nation. But we ask you, Father, in your mercy to pour out grace upon our nation. Pour out your divine influence that would begin to draw people away from darkness and sin And that they would turn and call upon you. That they would desire righteousness and justice. That the people would turn to seek peace and rest in you. That your peace would be poured out and it would combat the anger and the hatred and the violence that's trying to take a hold of our nation. And we pray over all of our government leaders, Father, grace and peace that would turn them, turn their hearts, that you would remove the hardness from their heart with your grace and your divine influence, that you would open up their eyes to see and that they would desire your peace. Father, we pray over everyone in this room. We thank you for the blessing of grace. We bless everyone with grace, your divine influence. Father, that you would begin tonight just filling each one of us up, just filling us to overflowing with your divine influence, with your spirit, with your supply with your wisdom, with your knowledge. And Father, that everyone in this room would be able to enter into that rest with you and be at peace, no matter what the situation is in their life or in their family, that they would have a peace that goes far beyond any understanding. Bless them, Father, with grace and peace. We thank you. That was just one verse. You see how much prayer is in the Word of God. How you can take a one verse and begin to pray it. We'll do one more. Verse 3. Blessed be God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I love this verse because it says, Blessed be the God and Father. So we get to bless him, and he, then he blesses us with spiritual blessings. So, Father, we thank you. We do bless you. We bless your holy name. We bless you for all the gifts, all the blessings, 
everything that you have poured out onto us, your protection and your love and your covenant promises, we thank you and we bless you. We adore you. We stand in awe of you and we worship you because you are a good God. You are a great God. And we love you and we thank you for everything that you have filled us up with. So that is how you take the word of God and you minister it as a priest to the Lord. When we start ministering his word back to him, it brings us into his heart. It makes us so aware of everything that he has done for us. And it brings us into a place of humility and gratefulness. And it changes our prayer life. We become compassionate people. We receive his compassion. When we take time and slowly read our Bible and stop and pray what we're reading and minister to the Father and pray over people, we're acknowledging who he is and that takes us deeper and deeper into his heart. And prayer is being birthed in us. That's what the secret place is really about, having, getting prayer birthed within us, getting true worship birthed within us. Now there's one other place that I want to take you. In this secret place, we've done a lot of talking, we've talked with the Holy Spirit, we've prayed, but now it's time to be quiet and to let the Lord have time to speak to us. You know, it's so easy to just come in, get the necessary stuff done, and then look at our watch and say, oops, sorry God, I gotta run. And we never give him an opportunity to talk to us. I'm trying to find my scripture. Maybe they're not in here. Oh, they're not in here. That's why I can't find them. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we want to give him an opportunity to talk to us. We just come in and chatter, chatter, chatter away and never give him time to talk to us. We neglect a face-to-face -face time with Father. So we're going to learn how to sit still and be quiet in his presence. Isaiah 30, verse 15 says, For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you were not willing. not willing to slow our life down, not willing to shut out the noise of the world and the busyness, not willing to surrender and sit in silence with God. We need to be willing to be quiet before the Lord. 
Psalm 99.5 says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. I call it footstool ministry. That's what we're going to do. Psalm 132 says, Let us go into his dwelling place. That's the secret place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let the priests, that's us, be clothed in righteousness, and let thy godly ones sing for joy. There is a worship that is silent. It's sitting in his presence, sitting in quiet awe and reverent silence, just sitting and being aware of how great his holiness is. Just being still, just sitting with him. We're not looking for a blessing for ourselves. We're not asking for anything. We're just resting, just quiet, just sitting with him, just hugging him, sitting at his feet. The Bible has much to say about silence. So we're going to do this for a few minutes tonight. And I want everybody to close their eyes. No praying. No praying in the spirit. No, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. No, nothing. Nothing coming out of your mouth. <laughs> no reading your Bible. Just your eyes closed and focus on the Lord. However you want to do it, you want to see him on the throne, if you want to see him in the garden, how, however you want to picture him, but just focus on Jesus the whole time. I'm going to read you some verses, and then we're going to be silent before the Lord. Just close your eyes. Let these words just melt into your heart. Take a deep breath. Get comfortable. Okay. My soul waits in silence for God only. We wait for you only, God. I stand silently to listen for the one I love. From him is my salvation. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Teach me and I will be silent. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him.
Are you comfortable with the silence? You know, we often get nervous when it's silent, but it doesn't make God nervous. He likes it. When we get quiet and we wait on the Lord, that's when Father can speak things to us. And many times what he tells us is how much he loves us during that time. But there's a lot of times when he doesn't speak at all. He just likes to be with us. He just likes to sit with us. But when we sit with him, he's also imparting things into our spirit man that we don't know anything about. But he's filling us. He's filling us with his heart and with his compassion and his fragrance and his love. When we sit with the Lord, and I say he's birthing prayer in us, He's birthing his heart in us as to how he sees the world and how he cares for people. And he sees the ones that are lost and sitting in darkness. He sees the ones that are suffering and hurting. He sees the ones that are caught up in sin. But he loves them. And he wants them to come to Jesus. And when we sit with him, he fills us with that same heart, that same compassion. You know, we've all prayed for souls to be saved. But when you get his heart, how it grieves him, how it hurts him to see people leave this earth without Jesus and go into eternal torture forever and ever and ever. How it grieves his heart. He puts that in us. We go into his weeping room with him and we cry truly for lost souls to come to Jesus. And he's birthing deeper and deeper prayers within us by giving us a heart like his for people. So the secret place is where we draw closer and closer to know him more intimately. We're hugging God. We're entering into his presence in a very rich and intimate companionship. We're becoming his garden and he's filling us with his fragrance. The secret place is where true deep prayer is birthed in us and true deep worship is birthed in us. Psalm 25 in the Passion Translation says, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. That's available.
to all of us. You know, anyone who says they believe in God can open up the Word of God and they can find salvation and eternal life and forgiveness and healing. But it's the love sick seekers that find the hidden secrets, find the rubies in the Word, and find the key to God's heart and learn how to listen and let Him whisper beautiful things to them. So Father, we thank you. We thank you that you desire to be alone with each one of us. That you would draw us and help us to come into the secret place, to hug you, to love you, to listen to you, to worship you, to bless you, and to bless your people. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.